Today on the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast, we're doing a really fun episode where we have the lovely Ashley Coffin, who is started as our producer and now is a co-host here on the show. Uh, we're going to just talk to her loosely about her experience getting into the MCU. It's another while of the MCU episode. All that right this ad we have no control over. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to the Marvel Cinematic Universe Podcast. My name is Matthew Carroll. And I'm Ashley Coffin. I didn't know whether to let you say it or to introduce you, because today you're the guest. You're not just you're I not a co-host. Um so <laughs> it's just so used to doing it. It's hard yeah, to no, stop no, no, tradition. Sure. I'm just teasing you. I'm just teasing you. Um I uh, I'm excited. Yeah, we did this uh, a few weeks ago with John Irons where we just like did a loose conversation that's a little more broad sweeping about the entirety of the MCU and like his experience as a geek and how it started and what it led to with the MCU. And so uh, I really like this idea to just like have different people on because it's always something different. Everybody has their different favorites. Everybody has their different uh, reasons for loving it. And so like, yeah, I thought we'd have you Ashley. Cause you know, I love it. we did the podcast for like six years before you were on. And it's mm-hmm. like uh, the getting that chance to like, hear what you have to say or whatever i guess like about the early stuff is kind of fun well that's what having had been a listener for about five years up to that i i finally you know got onto the show right as the infinity saga ended and just like everybody else at the end of that it's this thought like are we ever gonna get that glory that we did with these you know 21 movies again what's the future gonna hold and and it was you know I was so excited to be coming on and I'm like, wait a minute, I missed all of the good stuff, (laughs) not the good stuff, but like, that's how it felt like starting. You're like, dang, but you know, the future had a lot to hold. So this is, Mm -hmm. you know, this is fun and we have some fun stuff. We're not letting go of of the infinity saga yet. You know, we have some fun stuff coming up planned with that. Yeah. Yeah. This is kind of a little bit of an introduction to you as an MCU fan, because what we're going to do soon uh, in the next week or two, hopefully we're going to start this rewatch that we've been planning forever, where we Mm -hmm. rewatch the infinity saga in the context of what's happening now and be able to talk about how it connects and how we see it differently now. Um, So that's exciting too. So uh, hopefully you guys want to hear all that and we'll, uh, we'll be along with the ride. I do those. have to say at the top, uh, like a huge congratulations to Angela Bassett for being the first MCU person to win an award at any of these award shows. I know a lot of people don't care about them. I do the Oscar game, so I enjoy watching, um, the award shows. So congratulations to Angela Bassett, bringing that home for, for us Marvel fans and, and sticking it to the man who, who tries to say that these movies are not you know, shouldn't be part of that. Well, they're here now. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. <laughs> uh, it's, it's a big, it's, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. What was it? A uh, best supporting actress. Is that correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so cool. Cause uh, your girl won best actress. Yes. For a comedy, I think. For yeah, well, the Golden Globes is really weird because there's a million categories. Right. Right. Um, but Michelle Yeoh, who I love and everything ever all at once won Best uh, best actress in a, or best actor in a comedy. I don't know how they're they have actress. Best actress, yeah. Okay, cool. It's been hard to not be gatekeepy about her. Watching people be like, "Oh, she was so great in like this and Star Trek." I'm like, "Excuse me, this queen was in all of these kung fu movies. She was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Mm-hmm. She was in uh, Memoirs of a Geisha. Like this, sh- her catalog is amazing. So I encourage people to go go all the way back if you've never seen Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and start there." You know, open up 
if you don't like subtitles, like kind of get over it and go watch some of her, her, <laughs> you know, Japanese movies, or I'm not really sure exactly what, you know, she, she's in Chinese movies, Japanese movies, all these different kinds of movies. She's amazing. So go do a, go a deep, a deep dive on her and you'll, yeah, you'll yeah. really enjoy it. <laughs> yeah. I, I like her a lot. And I, that I've seen her in a lot of other things, Sorry, and Crouching Tiger back in the day. Uh, but like, it, I, you know, and I, and I, I got to know her better on Star Trek, but then mm-hmm. once she was in everything ever at once, that's just such a, such a meaty role and so much to do. And uh, it's just so, it's so good. It was cool. So cool. <laughs> I love it. Um, <laughs> okay. So let's get into your <clears throat> MCU experience there, Ash. So like, what did your geeky life, where did your geeky life start? Or like, what kind of stuff were you into as a child even? So when I was younger, big shocker, most of my friends were guys like I hung out with the boys and I'm talking like elementary school my first best friend um his name was Brian and he was uh you know we always our parents were pregnant together and he were two weeks apart in age so we always hung out and his parents like always gave him you know all the toys and the stuff and that and then him and I started watching um you know x-men the animated series and like that was it for me I loved it um, moving on from there, I had like, I became friends with the people at the the local comic shop in the mall and I would, you know, have the comics pulled for me every week. You know, you could join up to their subscribe uh, members program. So I would have Uncanny X-Men pulled for me, all different kinds of comics. But the, you know, the X-Men stuff was always my favorite. I was an X-Man girl. I did not really read Avengers that much. I didn't read a lot of the other stuff. Um, I liked a lot of the darker stuff, like Doctor Strange. That was fun, but it was really X Men was my shit. Mm. <laughs> I had every female action figure of every female X Men character. I still have them today. I cannot mm. get rid of them. I have buckets and things of comics, and it's gotten to the point where Ken's like, "What are we going to do with these?" I was like, "Never look at those and think that they're going anywhere." Because I had the entire <laughs> like the Age of Apocalypse and like the Onslaught. Like if, to get an idea of when I was reading, that's yeah. a lot of was happening then. Like I think the Onslaught saga is probably one of my favorites because, as I've said a million times, Mama loves a crossover and. I thought that Onslaught was the ultimate crossover with everybody. And I just love that it was, it was Xavier and Magneto in one evil thing. Like, how do you stop that? And the answer is, well, you kind of don't. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then that went into civil war. And I feel like that around there is when um, life stuff happened and I wasn't able to keep up with the comics anymore. And that's kind of where I fell off with the comics. But then there was just this talk about them doing Iron Man. And, you know, you're skeptical. I had seen, they did the Incredible Hulk and I just, you know, like everybody else, it was okay. And then they did it again. Like they had the Eric Bana one. But when they did the X-Men movies back, I guess it was 2000. Did those come out? Mm-hmm. I loved the first one so much. And I, I put blinders on to all the problems. Like I didn't oh, yeah. like Hugh, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine in the trailers. But then when I saw him, just like the rest of us, I felt, I was like, I don't care that you're tall. I don't care that you're not <laughs> like, Rrr. I was like, you're, you're fine. You're great. And then you had um, Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart. And then those movies started to not be great, but I still really liked them and I own all of them and I would defend them to, to the death of some people have seen how I do with mom. Like, no, you're not going to talk bad about this. And Iron Man came out and it was like, oh my God, this is what I've been waiting for to see on the screen my entire life. And it was amazing. And then it went from there. And it was funny because I didn't really like the uh, Captain America, the first one, when I saw it in the movie theater. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I don't know what it was that it just didn't, I, I don't know. Um, I guess I only saw Chris Evans as like, at that point, like, I'm like, sure, he's hot, but he hadn't earned the Captain America title to me yet because he was just still, you know, whipped cream guy from that, <laughs> that movie. And he didn't do And the Fantastic Four movies were in there, too. And you're like, oh, God, what are they, what are they doing here? Yeah, why are they casting this guy? Interesting. Well, let me ask, did you, stepping back, did you get into, I know, I know you know them now well. I'm assuming you got into the Spider-Man movies, too, right? Yeah, I loved I loved the first two Spider-Man movies so much. Right. That first one, that was kind of like uh okay, you're right. When you when the first Spider-Man movie came out, that looked like the most comic book movie I'd ever seen. Oh, I yeah. must have seen that movie in the movie theater like 
nine or 10 times. We right. just kept going. We just yeah. kept going. The second one was like, oh, we got a little horror. Mm-hmm. More stakes. Yeah, it's interesting. You're talking about, uh, you know, the way the X-Men, like, you, you ignored the problems at the time. And kind of, I think the thing is, like, we just didn't have anything like it. And those of us who grew up, even if you didn't read a ton, and you grew, but you grew up with these characters because of the cartoons or whatever, we wanted these movies to be good. And then they were like, each one kind of successively, like, got a little better. Um, well, at least well, then they series. did the one thing. I mean, Dark Phoenix has been my favorite character. Right. You know, not even not Jean Grey specifically, but Dark Phoenix. I loved the Phoenix saga. And Mm -hmm. like that's what the the license plate on the front of my car is Dark Phoenix. Um, So when they did the the Dark Phoenix thing with with the the early X-Men movies, I was so pissed because I was like, she's just Onslaught. What are you doing? (laughs) She's had the powers of Onslaught. I was like, Mm. okay whatever <laughs> right well it, it just i think that's an early lesson that they didn't learn because even in all the way through like age of ultron i think sometimes they try to shove these big sweeping storylines into a movie and it just doesn't work and i think like right. that that dark phoenix thing is sort of a, a a thing of that where it's like i mean i, li- I like both those movies fine but like the dark Phoenix apart just doesn't work. <laughs> and then no. you get and then you get to like age of ultron way later but it's still like it doesn't feel like Age of Ultron. It just doesn't have the same weight it does in the no, comics. it was like the week of Ultron. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Weekend at Ultrons. Yes. <laughs> um, so, uh, well, okay. So, you, you mentioned Iron Man, Cap. So, you said Cap. You kind of passed you by at first. What, what was it that like sunk you in that this universe is going to be a thing and then made you kind of go back and enjoy Cap differently and stuff like Avengers. that? Avengers. Yeah. A hundred percent Avengers. I liked Thor. Um, my problem, not my problem, but like as I've come to see with the first Thor movie is the stakes aren't really too, you know, you don't have a for real, like Loki is a good villain, but he's not really a villain in that one as we know villains or him later on, like, you know, he's kind of being mischievous. And then the main villain was kind of like that metal guy and that was handled pretty well. So I liked the movie, obviously. I mean, I could put it on mute and watch that movie over and over again because (laughs) uh, Chris Hemsworth. Um, But then Avengers came and I was like, okay, here we go. This is, this is more of what I was expecting. It was more of like, what I felt when I saw the first Spider-Man or that first 2000s X-Men. Yeah. And that was my first DVD. Oh, what? Avengers X-Men. was your first? No, oh, no, no, X-Men. X-Men. I was like, wait. Mm-hmm. No, I was thinking back, like, that's how long, like, that was my very, I bought that and The Beach. That was my first DVDs. And I didn't have a DVD player. It was on my gateway computer. <laughs> so that's I would just fun. be at my computer for out watching it over and over and over again. I <laughs> loved awesome. it. That's awesome. Yeah, I have a similar experience with just like Avengers is what made the universe the universe. You know, it like it's what tied it all together. Everything, all those little like post credits that we've learned to follow now, <laughs> like they were fine, but like seeing it, seeing them all on screen for two hours was amazing. Amazing. Yeah, really, really. And was. I thought that Mark Ruffalo really did the Hulk a justice that hadn't been done before. And I mm-hmm. love Edward Norton. Do not get me wrong. I would take him back probably be like, okay, let's try it one more time. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I just really felt like that was the, the only part of what we had seen so far that was really not living up to the standards I expected. So when to see the Hulk in this, you're like, oh, okay, the Hulk doesn't have to be the main part because it seems like when you make him the main part, it's falling short. But to have yeah. everybody kind of equally have time in this movie, this stacked movie, I thought that was perfect. For what they were trying to do to reintroduce us to the Hulk. Yeah, you're making me realize something that I never really thought about. I'm not sure Ruffalo, I would watch it, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure Ruffalo would have been able to handle a, a, a solo movie, especially back then. Uh, now he's got so much goodwill that I would, I would definitely like be there for it. But like the the Hulk in that movie, like he's such a different kind of character than the sort of brash other characters that like you get to see um, Ruffalo is sort of understated and I don't know that he would have been able to carry a solo Hulk movie either. Just like, I don't think that Edward Norton was that successful. Um, right. That's interesting. That's an interesting thought. I've never really thought about that. And that's my favorite version of 
Ruffalo's Hulk is Avengers and Ultron because I feel like as we keep moving, I mean, I know after Ragnarok, he's supposed to have, you know, been traumatized or being the Hulk for two years. But then he even even into the, like the She-Hulk, he, it does. If you watch it, it just doesn't seem or feel like that same Bruce Banner we had at the beginning. And I guess that's good because it almost feels realistic to how people would change over mm-hmm. know, 15 years. Yeah. Well, well, you're talking about trauma from Ragnarok. I think a lot of the trauma he's dealing with in those early days of the movies, he's dealing with the idea of being the Hulk at all. Right. He's, he's really ashamed of who the Hulk is. And mm-hmm. especially by the time you get, uh, you know, in Ragnarok, he's just like sc- scattered and he's like, un- he's like uh, scared of disappearing and all this mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, but then you get him as like smart Hulk and it's just like a totally different guy. You know, he's, mm-hmm. he's finally come to terms with the trauma that he's faced. Yeah, all he's that time. obviously meditating. And- <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. On his little island. <laughs> He's not so frantic and scared of, of both being the Hulk and what he might do. Like, he knows how to control it now. He tricked me in the beginning. I was like, wait a minute. Do I think Mark Ruffalo is hot? And like, especially in uh, Age of Ultra, or the first one, they give him these, like, streaks in his hair. I was like, Am mm-hmm. I, is he hot? Is he, like, zaddy hot? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's hot in that movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. And that first Avengers movie, he has that, like, kind of tight. Open at Kinda the top open, shirt, you know? Right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Stop oh, it's, it's tricking hot. me, movie, to, to be into Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> <laughs> just give in, Ashley. Just I did, and I did. I was like, remember, we, no, I'm not going to bring it up. We had that conversation when I was drunk with Ken when we were watching the Avengers, and it <laughs> turned into like the order of which. <laughs> The train would be run. Oh gosh! <laughs> My husband, we were, so we had this long debate about what our order would be. <laughs> well, he said one. Obviously, he's like just one. He's like there would only be a caboose, and it would be <laughs> just uh, Black Widow. He's like, I'd get off at the next stop. And I was like, yeah, she's third on my list <laughs> of my long train. I'm sorry. I just took it to a bad place. But it was it's, it's one of those good. moments with my husband that we talk about and bring up and laugh about. Because we were just like hammered watching Avengers. <laughs> yeah. Just having a good that. time. And and my husband is, isn't into Marvel like I am. He is a bit more now. And we have really interesting conversations. Like I've always, I wish I could record our conversations because it would have, it would make the most interesting podcast because of how different we perceive things. But he is just not into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but he didn't like any kind of uh, Marvel stuff until he met me. And I was like, well, you don't kind of have a choice. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's part of our lives. And yeah. he always kind of said to me, I didn't have a hobby. I had things that I do and did, but I didn't have like, hobby like he plays music and he does all those other things so when you know you guys after listening and talking about you guys for so long and writing in and talking to him about like oh they read my they read my thing on on the air every week like it's amazing and they actually care about what i'm thinking about when you guys reached out to me to do that x-men um first class because that was beautiful that movie for for x-men fans who feel like we haven't seen what we wanted out of it, there were things in that movie that were great. There were things that were not great, but I still really liked it. And you guys knew my relationship with the X-Men. So mm-hmm. you asked me to be on Bingers. And I think it's yeah. almost like the first, it's the first or second, yeah, it's very the, early on it's for the Bingers very, episodes. Yeah, it's the very first Bingers series we did. So it's like the fourth or right. fifth, whatever, wherever that movie falls. That I guess it's fourth, in. right? Fourth. And, yeah. and I'll never forget that because it was one week before the whole world shut down. We did oh, it. And that's, wow. I remember things in my life by events. Mm-hmm. So we did that cast on March 16th, 2020. <laughs> and then the world shut down a week later. Wow. Wow. And then we had the entire weird COVID times, which we all really relied on each other uh, during that time for socialization. Like we, we were all... doing some crazy stuff. We were watching mm-hmm. whole series. Like we did all the Umbrella Academies in a day yeah. oh, and we gosh. would watch and then we would record and we would, and we did like eight or nine. I know we didn't finish yeah. in one day, but, and we were doing that with a lot of stuff. And, yeah. you know, Ken was like, I feel like you finally found something that, you know, you're putting your energy into and it's really making you happy to get, he's like, you talk to me about all this stuff, but I don't care. Like, the people you're talking to about it now. And then when people started to to care about what I was saying or, you know, in any capacity mm-hmm. like that, it's it's an interesting thing to like have realization about. Like you're like, wow, like my I my voice is being heard and people are, are listening to me and agreeing and disagreeing. And and it's just a really it was just a really cool experience to get to 
talk about these things that I, I've talked about with people, but you know, I've done th- like the, the Renaissance fair and luckily there and doing acting, a lot of people are nerds. A lot of people are playing D and D and like my first experience with D and D was a star Wars D and D. And I had no idea that that was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have had the outlet to talk about it, but not in any capacity where I felt like it mattered. <laughs> That's the whole reason this network exists is that we are trying to have those conversations that like, honestly, as, as you get older, you don't get to have, um, as much. And hopefully the listeners out there get to feel like they're a part of them, even though it's impossible for us to have everybody on. Like it's, it's so cool that so many people get something out of it and feel like they're sitting in the middle of these conversations, even if they don't get to uh, talk. And, and, and we also try so, so hard to do so much feedback because we want them to be able to be heard too. Right. Just like you said about early on. When you guys would get something wrong, I was the first person to send an email. Like I was mm-hmm. in your faces for a couple years. Yeah. With yeah, I was yeah. like, here is five years worth of my resume. I kind of know what I'm talking about. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, again, and then when you guys approached me, like I, I was nervous in a way I hadn't been like, I do theater, I've done stuff. I like getting ready. I was like shaking and sweaty because I was like, oh my God. I don't. And the one thing Ken said to me, he was like, do not say James McAvoy's name wrong. Do not say his name wrong. And what did I do? I immediately <laughs> said it wrong. And he's like, it's just like little things like that. I don't know. That's funny. Yeah, I, I forgot. I remember you telling me that. Um, it's great. Yeah, I, uh, if y'all go back and listen. McAvoy. The very, very first episode of Bingers. I don't think that's right. (laughs) McAvoy? Oh, wow. McAvoy. (laughs) McAvoy? No. Damn. (laughs) So, just getting back to the MCU, like, the Avengers, like, is the highlight. Like, that's the thing that brought it up together for you. What's your... Is it Multiverse of Madness? Is that your favorite MCU thing? Or is it something else? Yeah. Mm. Up till now, yeah. That re- well, oh my god, it gets really hard when you yeah, start to does. really thinking about it because uh, Winter Soldier took everything. Like I was already at like a ten. Winter Soldier, that movie took it to a fifteen. I think that's when I started to become obsessive about it, about <laughs> what was coming, what I had seen, mm-hmm. what I was starting to see was happening. But to take that movie and do almost like a spy thriller and make it so cool and so grounded. And it was so well done. I, I was, and that was the Russo's first time um, directing the movies. And it was like, it was like a love at first sight kind of story. I just mm. loved it. But then they start to like infinity war and Endgame. How are one of those, you know, not the favorite and it's very hard. And I'm very, I'm much more partial to infinity war. So my top three, are definitely Infinity War, Multiverse of Madness, and Winter Soldier. And depending on the day, the order changes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That <laughs> totally makes sense. But I can at least say that those three are yeah, my top three. I feel like people, Infinity War and Endgame are just so hard because it's like, they're the culmination. So it's hard to beat them. Um, mm-hmm. The only way to beat them, I think, is like to make something so specific to the person's taste, which for you was Multiverse of Madness. For me, that's Guardians. It's like right. Guardians is so specific to my taste. Guardians! Guardians changed everything. And that's mm-hmm. when my husband started to get into that because Guardians was kind of like this movie for people who were not into the superhero movies. Yes. And, and James Gunn, just he nailed it he nailed exactly what that was supposed to be he he it was the music it's the story mm-hmm. it's the comedy everything hit and it was great and then i mean some people don't like the second one i love all of i love i like the second one a lot oh, me too. and it's hard because like a lot of people don't like chris pratt and i just feel like the way that starlord and peter quill is written i can dis- disconnect the mm-hmm. two people because he's just so charming and there's nothing I can do about it. <laughs> and I love Gamora. One of my top, we, when we were talking about our top um, women in the MCU, you know, she was one of my top five. Yeah. And I am literally, <laughs> me and the girls were talking about like who we were or, or something in the, uh, uh, in the MCU. And it is pretty much like I'm rocket. Like of all the people <laughs> and all the characters in the entire MCU, who am I the most like? rocket goddamn raccoon <laughs> and i just know it's true <laughs> and it was the best it was the best that's awesome i'm so partial to that movie oh, so good i'm always hesitant to even ask this because i don't even know if it's in the spirit of these while of the mcu ep- episodes but like is there a low point for you is there anything you're just like eh, i could do without 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it comes to the TV shows and and it's almost like the movies for me, it would be hard for, I, I guess like when it comes to the movies, you think of, of the ones that you don't watch that much. I don't watch right. Ant-Man and the Wasp that much. And mm. I'm not saying I don't, I love Scott Lang and I love um, Paul Rudd so much, but I, I don't find myself going back to watch that movie as much right. as the other ones. And I, I, that has to be something, you know? Yeah, for whatever reason. That's that's just the thing. I love that you have that metric. I'm not a rewatcher much. Like, I'll rewatch something maybe twice when it first comes out, and then, like, it'll be a long time before I rewatch. So, like, I'm just not a, like, in the background rewatching the same movie over and over. So, like, it, I, I wish I had that uh, sort of metric to, li- to like, <laughs> identify in myself if I like a movie more or less, because I just don't rewatch much of anything. I got lucky that Ken has decided that when we're trying to fall asleep, we fall asleep to the TV that it's a Marvel movie. So I let him Ooh. like pick whatever you want. So he usually picks one. And yeah, that's not the, yeah, Ant-Man and the Wasp isn't very high up there. Mm. And then with like the TV shows, like Miss Marvel wasn't made for me and it didn't need to be, you know? Yeah. I don't have to love that to love the character and enjoy what's happening in the future. Yeah, or be excited. I like that they're making shows like that to bring younger people into the fold. It can all be dark because these kids are going to grow up to become the fans that keep everything going. Mm-hmm. And when they get a little older, maybe they can get into the darker stuff, but I get it and I get what they're doing with that. Which is why when people get upset about like Werewolf by Night or Mom being too dark, it's like this is a universe where everybody has a little pocket story that can be theirs and that you can feel seen yep. or you can feel like I love this. And in the end, I know that they're going to bring it all there. All these characters are going to somehow be together. And that is what is going to be amazing about the next couple phases because we haven't gotten that yet with all of these people, all of these new characters that we've met, new older characters who we love. We haven't seen everybody really together. It's always like two in a series or this person or that person. I can't wait for the next like Infinity War level thing. And I hope it's Kang, you know? Yeah. But I don't know. I just can't wait. It's got to be. I mean, like. Because it's Secret least, Wars. Yeah. Kang Dynasty and Secret Wars are like, they've got to be the best. I mean, Secret Wars, there's no, there's just no limit to that because it's so multiversal. It can be any from it. Pull anyone from anywhere. Literally any other Marvel property. Any Anything can come in. I, I'm super pumped about that it was like what they tried to do with days of future past and of those movies that's probably my favorite of the newer x-men mm. movies days of future past is just because it's got everybody yeah it's got everybody yeah, yeah. and i love that so much i loved seeing wolverine and magneto go at it because it's my fate you, know, you have these two powerful characters and they just make sure to keep reminding you Wolverine can't do anything against Magneto. <laughs> yeah. You yeah, know, there's yeah. some characters that just, it would be interesting to see the fights, you know, like Magneto against Iron Man. What are you going to do? <laughs> That's so true. I, I always think about like what they're going to do with the character work, but like, there's still a little like little boy brain in me somewhere that's just like really excited to see Magneto fight Iron Man or whatever. And like, and you it, know me, uh, I love that more than any, I am my drama and comedy mm-hmm. needs to be equaled out by my bang, bang, boom, booms because <laughs> I love action. I love huge fight sequences. I love long hand to hit. That's why winter soldier got me that causeway scene Ooh, from the time yeah. that Bucky blows up the car till, uh, the who's Bucky. That, 15 minutes of cinema might be my favorite in the entire MCU. Mm. Cause you really see black widow. She, she owns Bucky. She would have killed him. She shot him in the face. He's lucky. He had those glasses on cause she hits him in the eye. She mm-hmm. Batman's down. She tricks him. She's doing all the classic black widow things and you get to just really see it. I yeah. was like, Oh my God, there's Natasha. She gets to like earn her like Avengers belt, you know, like I I love her, but in Avengers, she's mostly, I mean, she does some really cool things in the Chitauri fight when she's like leaping up and taking over that Chitauri fighter or whatever. Oh yeah. But like. They didn't give her many lines. mm, Yeah. Well, they give her a few really key lines and, and it's a lot of what they do in Avengers is they use her as this subversive and this is what they do in, in Black Widow, too. She's this subversive person who's, like, subverting the man's expectation of her to use it, use his lowered expectation of her against them. And I love mm-hmm. that. The intro, pretty much, to Avengers is, is her. Exactly. And I was, like, brilliant. Perfect. Yeah. Screw you, Joss Whedon, but good job. Yeah. 
<laughs> that's one of my favorite scenes in that whole in, in the MCU, honestly. When she walks out of there with her shoes in her hands. Yes. Oh, it's like, so good. Slay. <laughs> when when she tells the guy he, she's interrogating him and he's like, "You're not interrogate me." <laughs> <laughs> she's like face. <laughs> no, he says, "I not give everything." <laughs> yeah, she's like Love it. I love it. Yep, that face. Oh, it's so good. I really really love it. Well, like, okay, so now, how are you feeling about the future of the MCU? Like, it, it, it's, it's reached these heights of, like, Endgame and Infinity War that sort of, like, everyone loves, and they did that thing, and now they've gone to Phase 4, has, like, really torn it apart and done all these different styles. Now we're moving into a Quantumania soon, where it seems like things are maybe starting to head back in a cohesive direction. Maybe. Who knows? Mm-hmm how how are you feeling like what are you feeling about the future um honestly after seeing uh that ant-man trailer i am extremely excited because yeah i mean kang was a big problem in the comics for everybody and then i'm i feel like we're finally gonna get we're almost at the end of of character development with all our new characters and like you know the the marvels is coming out is that before or after i'm not really sure it's everyone's so separated so i feel like after this is when we're going to start seeing everybody get back together and our stories start to come around and that's why i could just keep telling everybody just just wait just wait because you know they didn't build the infinity saga in a day it took years and years and that's what we're doing we're just doing that over again so i'm i'm pretty confident especially with things i've heard about you know secret wars and then the announcement of what the next avengers movies were going to be i'm very excited i'm excited you know let's tie it all back together the first thing you your first marvel love is the x-men and now we know that you know kamala khan is a mutant they played the Mm -hmm. x-men theme um We've got Secret Wars coming. We saw Patrick Stewart in Multiverse yeah, of Madness. Fantastic Four. Fantastic Four. Yeah. 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 So there's things I'm nervous about now that you're talking. Like, oh, okay. There's a couple things they have to do right. Um, I mean, you have to do the X Men right. You yeah. have to cast Doctor Doom right. I don't really mm-hmm. care who you cast as as the Fantastic Four. I'm going to be honest. I'm sure it'll be fine. But you have to do Doctor Doom right. I'm talking to you, Adam Driver. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just, but like, I, there's just. Yeah. The, and like the X-Men, I mean, yeah, I have high expectations and I'm hoping that the reason that they're taking their time with it is because they want to take their time with it. They could have put an X-Men movie out within a year and everybody would go see it and everyone would make their millions and billions of dollars. But is it quality? Mm-hmm. So take us if that movie doesn't come out until I'm 55, I don't care. Take your time and do it right and make me proud. <laughs> There's another thing that I'm really feeling in my bones for the first time about taking your time that I don't think I've felt until this moment talking about these movies is like you've talked about how much you love uh, the the young version of Magneto who I'm spacing on Fassbender. Uh, Michael Fassbender. Yeah, that's like your that's your Magneto. You want him back. Um, and the thing is, Magneto and Professor X were always older. Like if they came in and played those roles now, it would work. But the thing right. that I'm realizing that now that it's been a couple of years since the last movie in that in that run of movies i am ready to see those characters again like in a way that i wasn't until like this moment you know does that make sense yeah totally i've heard rumors that um they're all going to show up in deadpool and it's like if that's all i get from it give it to me that's fine because if if you can't find a way to make it work the stories their ages you have to pay respect to their stories because i mean magneto you know, he he was Jewish and he went through horrible things that made him and makes his character so understandable for why he's doing the things he, he's doing, which is why people saying like a Denzel could take that over. I think that's true. I think that is true. But if you're going to do Magneto, it's going to be hard to not have him have that kind of background. So I don't know how they're going to bring that into the future unless they suck him through the multiverse. Yeah, that's and a just, good point. I don't want that to keep being what they do to to to. To have us be like, well, don't worry about it because it's the multiverse. Yeah. I don't want the multiverse to just be the end. Like how, how um, Scarlet Witch is like the multiverse, multiverse is the answer to anything. Let's not do that in these movies because that's going to get old real fast. Right. 
Yeah, the thing that concerns me with the X-Men is this idea that they are bringing Deadpool and Logan back, and maybe more, Mm -hmm. and maybe they'll get sucked into the MCU, or maybe just Logan and Deadpool, or some version of that. I think Deadpool can work because Deadpool can be anywhere. And he just doesn't like, age. Yeah, you know, like, just, he's got the and neither full does mask. Wolverine. Wolverine ages really slow. So if they did want to bring Hugh Jackman into this, they could. But I don't think. Right. I think it's time. I think we need to go. You know, younger for all of these characters, which breaks my heart because I I want my Michael Fassbender to be Magneto and I want him to be in the MCU and get to really shine as Magneto because I honestly feel like. If it wasn't for him in some of in those movies, they would not be as compelling. Like Michael Fassbender showed up and was like, okay, this some of this stuff is ridiculous, but I am going to show you why I am an amazing actor and I'm going to just balls to the wall, magneto this stuff. And he really does, especially what Age of Apocalypse is so hard to watch. He is compelling through the entire movie. His daughter yeah. is killed. He when he goes to Auschwitz or or whatever one that is and and brings all that pain, like you feel it. And on, and then they jump to the next scene and you're like, oh God, how did we go from real pain to oofy doofy in 15 seconds? Mm-hmm. And that's what Marvel is really good at making sure that doesn't happen. The thing I'm saying with uh, those two versions of those characters, Michael Fassbender and McAvoy, like because the, the classic versions of those characters that we all think about, that, that they made the 2000s movie about, are much older characters. Much and older. Right now, Fassbender is still 15 years younger than Ian McKellen was when he played that character. Yeah. So if he <laughs> so came in, out. right, like if he came in in three years from now, he'd still be a young Magneto. You know what I mean? Like yep. he's not. I, that's why I think that really could work. Whether mm-hmm. it's that version of the character or it's a variant that comes into the MCU. Yes. But, well, yeah. Secret Wars. I mean, at that point, they could bring anybody in as anybody. Exactly. Um, if Fassbender doesn't get Magneto, I, w- I think he would be a great contender for Doom. But can for you sure. have him be that character when he was such a predominant, you know, Magneto? It'd be hard. Yeah. Put a mask on him. <laughs> I really hope that in Secret Wars, Chris Evans comes back as the Human Torch. Just like for I a think second. that would be so good. Also, he doesn't yeah. want to. He doesn't want to keep his big muscles all the time. That's one of the reasons he's got movies. Human Torch was like the thin guy. Like bring Chris Evans back as an older Human Torch, and I would be like, I would yes. love it. It'd be yes. so good. What if they just like, oh my gosh, what if that was the permanent? Like, what if he came in as the permanent Human Torch, and they were like. He doesn't want to keep the muscles anymore, so he's just the Human Torch again. And like we get that save, like Chris Evans back. I'd be totally <laughs> fine with it. I'd be totally down. I needed to bring Ryan Gosling in after watching him with the two of them in the Gray Man. You know, Ooh, Daddy yeah. Goss was always buff, but he got like Marvel buff for that one. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, Alex Summers. Okay, mm. uh, I mean, I don't know. I could pick Cannonball. Mm-hmm. Okay, you know. I'm trying to think of other blonde hotties. <laughs> I love uh, Sam. What's his face? I loved Cannonball. Yeah, yeah. And I didn't think that, that they had the guy from Stranger Things be him in that the movie that we shall not speak of. What was it? The New Mutants. Oh, yeah. He was, And they, it's like, if you didn't know X-Men, I'm sitting there watching this movie going. I was like, that's Wolf Bane. That's Cannonball. That's uh, Colossus' sister. I cannot remember her name. But if you didn't know, you had no idea who those characters were. And they didn't really help you figure it out because they were newer mutants. Right. And I don't think they were too concerned with it. They were just trying to, like, give them this new grounded horror version. Which Uh, it was not. Yeah, it wasn't great. I didn't think it was the worst, but it wasn't great. (laughs) It was pretty bad. (laughs) You think? yeah, Yeah. I don't know. I think a lot. Me and you have very different views on this, I think, like. You're a very, you give them more credit than I will. <laughs> you'll, well, you'll... I also do not care at all about the comics. Um, like, not that yeah, I don't care true. about the story, but like, you're sitting here going like, you wouldn't even know these characters or these characters. And I still didn't know those were those characters. Like, you're telling me now. And I'm like, oh, those were X-Men characters. <laughs> That's cool. why she was like, I'm from Russia. Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, oh, yeah. oh, I forgot that was Anya sister. Taylor-Joy. Oh yeah. my gosh. Because now she's been in like Queen's Gambit or whatever. Everything. And Everything. I just watched her in the menu last uh, this morning, actually. How was that? I liked it. Okay. I, I don't really like I Nicholas like Holt, so... It's... Hashtag not my beast. I, I like Nicholas Holt. <laughs> I don't think the movie was as horror as the... So you might not like it because I don't think it's as horror as the uh, trailer makes it seem. 
Okay. Um, it is suspenseful and it is pretty tense in places for sure. And it's kind of horrifying in places, but like I was expecting it to go to deeper heights on the horror and it did not. So okay. you might not like that. So be prepared for that, but it is really okay. good. It's really good. I'll watch it tomorrow actually. Yeah. It's on HBO now for free. If you nice. have HBO, of course I do. <laughs> well, uh, Anything else you just want to say about the MCU before we, like, this is your, like, especially those first few phases. You were, you were on for phase four, but you hadn't, mm-hmm. you know, what's, what's a hot take? Give me a hot take from the first three phases of the MCU. <laughs> a hot take is it really just, it, it took over my life. Like it really, and I didn't feel bad about it. You know what I mean? Like it really was something that I can, you know, I, I like to watch a lot of film and it, a lot of people who watch film like I do don't appreciate these movies for what they are, but I do because it's in my blood because of being a kid. And, you know, we used to play on the playgrounds. And, and the cool thing about Marvel is they've always had women. So I could mm-hmm. play with the boys. I could hang with the guys, kind of yeah. like with you guys. I could come hang with the guys because women have always been very present in X-Men and, hmm. and Marvel and everything. So you, you always had someone to play or you always could understand what was going on. It wasn't just this boys club, yeah, you know, and yeah. I really, or even like you, you, you DI Joe or whatever, they always have one girl. This was very equal and it was people of color and it was, you know, it was, mm. it was really forward for what was going on. And that's all because of Stanley. Mm-hmm. And it's just, you know, it's been really amazing to get to see something like the Infinity Saga play out before my eyes when, you know, 15-year-old me didn't think that that was ever going to be something they were going to see on the big screen, let alone over 10 years. Yeah. Uh, we've never seen anything like this. For sure. Uh, even the way that they did it. And each movie just getting you more excited for the next movie, going all the way up to Infinity War. I feel like... um it's hard for them to keep that up with what's happening now with the next phases, the excitement that I used to feel like after the movie, seeing the little trailer and being like, Oh, they're bringing in the Scarlet witch or, Oh my God, the bad guy is going to be Thanos. Like those feelings. Like I get chills talking about it now, just being like, Oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And it's just been really great to, to get to talk about it and dissect it in ways that I've never gotten to before and I'm really excited to do our rewatch of all of the movies because I think that's going to be a lot of fun and we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations and I'm just you know I'm just I'm just really happy to be here (laughs) (laughs) well we're really happy you're here and I'm hoping that with the introduction of the X-Men that being your origin story and all this stuff Mm -hmm. I'm really hoping that with that introduction coming soon as far as we can tell um, I'm really hoping that will like drive that feeling in you again. Like you'll be able to I'm going to watch that. the animated, the fact that they're start bringing back the mm-hmm. animated show. Oh, mama. Yeah. I can't yeah, wait. We, we, we're going to, I'm definitely going to have to go like guest on uh, animation deliberation when they do that. Uh, I'm going to shock everybody and I'm going to guest on there. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? Shocking yep. me. Shocking but it me. is funny. I said I wasn't going to do any of what if, and then what if ended up being a goddamn horror show. I was like, this is awesome. <laughs> this is not what I expected it to be. <laughs> there were a couple zombies. episodes that were for me, but yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there, there's uh, something for everybody in this like phase phase four, and um, not everything's for everyone. But like, they've done a good job. And I'm waiting for Blade. Blade was one of my favorite movies. Oh my movies. gosh! Yeah, I'm sorry it got kicked back a little bit. I know, but you know what? That's okay. Make sure it's right. Right. Fire right. as many directors as you need to. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's interesting you talk about Blade. Like I just said that uh, the X Men stuff being like the, your origin story and coming back. I hope that can give you that feeling, but also. They're like really pushed into horror with Werewolf by Night and, and Blade uh, and uh, Dane Whitman and everything. Like, I think that, the Midnight Suns, if they yeah, do that, if they do that, like, mm, that could be really mm-hmm, rad. Mm-hmm. And really I'm rad. like, so it's, you know, that I feel like that pocket is, is for me. And I felt like it's, I never saw that that was going to be, I never thought I was mm-hmm. going to see Werewolf by Night on yeah. the screen or Man Thing or anything like that. Especially or, the way they did it. I mean, uh, goodness. Like, that, that that never would have ever like as an executive, I never would have greenlit that. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like that's a crazy idea. Let's make a forty style black and white, uh, not very CGI, like you know, old school movie. And yeah, it Hammer works. Style. Yeah, and that's why like Morbius was so disappointing because he's such a good character, mm-hmm. and um, you know, they let Leto Leto it up. Mm-hmm. Like 
I like you, Jared Leto. Sit down. I've had yeah. enough. I've had enough of you. Yeah, yeah. I just, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, that movie, like, had such potential. Like, such setup. And they just stopped focus on the characters. You know, like, they built characters in the first few minutes. And I was like, oh, intriguing. intriguing. Oh, the characters don't matter anymore. Like, it's just mm-hmm. now, a, like, Even Matt Empire Smith Fest. couldn't save that movie. I know. And he's so good. <laughs> so I love him in it. I but, do, too. I'm like, yeah. oh, okay. You thank God for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well, thank you, Ashley, for being here. T- tell them. So, Ashley has been uh, one of our lovely contributors here on the MCU cast for years, but she recently started her own show with Bill Bria. Tell, tell us about Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater. So, if you're into horror, um, me and my good friend, Bill, uh, we started Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, and we're doing the things with film that is my absolute favorite where we're taking a horror movie and we are breaking it down for you from the beginning to the end like production and who's doing this and cinematography and everything that goes into film so even i've i've had so many people be like i absolutely hate horror but i love the podcast because you're learning so much about cinema It's, it's very much like um you know the behind the scenes shows that they have on uh netflix it was like the christmas one where it's like they take you through everything that like happened with elf or happened on home alone. Like that's always been something that has fascinated me about all movies is just seeing how they were made. So we really, you know, we, we bring up our favorite horror movies. We break them down. Bill lives out in LA. So he has um, a lot of insight into what's going on in the movie world. um, And he does articles for slash uh, entertainment So we do a a segment in the beginning where we talk about upcoming stuff that might not exactly be uh, out yet. And at the end, we give recommendations. So it's just been a really fun ride. And, you know, I'm just doing it for fun. And it's just it's just been a blast. Yeah, man. Well, you guys, please go subscribe. Uh, Bill and Ashley's Terror Theater, everywhere you get podcasts. And it is it is a lot of fun to listen to. Um, And again, I'm not a big horror guy. And some of them like. (laughs) I was kept being like, I want to wait until I watch the movies before I watch, listen to y'all's cast. But then I just started being like, well, I saw this one when I was a kid. It's been years. But then re- listening to like, you know, y'all talk about you know, whatever American Werewolf in London, I think it was. Yeah. And like being like, oh, yeah, I saw this when I was a kid. And I'm like remembering the scenes from like 30 years ago that I saw. <laughs> um yeah, I love it. I love when people message me like, oh, we never saw this movie. Like we just did Terror Train for New Year's and someone messaged me on Instagram. They're like, I have homework. I can't wait. I'm like, yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I love it. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for joining us. We will be back very soon um, with lots of things coming this week. Lots of things coming. We're only a couple of weeks away from uh, Quantumania, from can't Kang wait. stomping uh, on that little <gasps> ant. I'm very upset if they kill off scott lang i mean yeah. i didn't listen i didn't get to listen because you just dropped it today while i was at work that mm-hmm. better not happen yeah jay scotty was uh was very uh like saying that he thinks that might be the case in the new uh he might new- be done and that's fine and that's fine but like have him retire happily please do not kill scott lang kevin Feige, no. <laughs> well <laughs> Okay. One death so is just going to be like the Coulson death. Some of you guys might be listening to this who don't watch trailers. There's nothing in the trailer that says that. It's just the fact that it's like a dour tone. Yeah. Like that's all he it is. He stomps really. on him. And everybody who gets stomped by Kang, I'm just going to assume is going to die. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, there's some, there's, a, there's some cool fights looking. It looks like there's going to be some cool and intense fights. But like, yeah. So don't, don't worry. It's, I don't think it's a big spoiler. Uh, we have no idea if that's happening. But it's it, if if it do, even if it does though multiverse saga man like yeah. if, if if he Go dies get another one we're gonna have another one before secret wars like <laughs> it's gonna happen we'll get Scott back I know I'm not ready to give it over to his daughter <laughs> <laughs> yeah for sure um, all right everybody we love you thank you so much for hanging out with us we'll thank you for doing this with me Matt dude absolutely <laughs> absolutely we're gonna do a lot more stuff like this where it's like loose conversational stuff with a different topic um and we're gonna be doing those uh, live watches soon or rewatches soon so i you know i'm I, we got a lot of fun stuff coming that isn't just so like i feel like we kind of sometimes when the content's really heavy we get in the grinder of like we got to do this we got to do the feedback mm-hmm. we got to do the live re- reaction we got to do this reaction and um i'm really excited to just do like some fun we're getting back to the fun yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and I love the fun of the content mill too, but it like mm-hmm. 
I feel like sometimes we just don't get into as deep a conversation because we're like on the edge of the new content and we're like speculating and da da da. Like it, this is just a lot more calm, laid back friends chatting about the things they love. And I and I love it. It's what I love to do. <laughs> so uh, you guys, hope you have a great day. Peace. Until next time, true believers, not Jeff. No. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for joining us for the Marvel Cinematic Universe podcast. Available everywhere you get podcasts, and now a video version streaming live on twitch.tv slash strandedpandatv and available at youtube.com slash strandedpanda. And if you'd like to learn more about all of our other podcasts, geeky projects, and ways to support the network, visit strandedpanda.com. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers.